Shalom Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart. Made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, we're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere, to be Red hot for the Messiah. Well, my guest, Dr. Keith Ellis, he was referred to me from another guest. And I heard that God is operating in some very, very unusual ways uh, with Dr. Ellis. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm very, very intrigued with is he sees a light over people's head and he knows that God wants to heal them or minister to them in some way. Uh, what is this light, Keith? Uh, Sid, the, the, the light comes uh, in the services many times when I'm uh, up ministering to people, and sometimes when I first walk out, I'll see the light. And it's the light of God, the, the Holy Spirit. He will identify something that he's going to do. And when I see that light, I know there's favor on that individual. And as I'm speaking and and the talking or, you know, ministering to people, then I'll begin to get these words of knowledge that, like I'm getting right now, there's somebody's eyes that are being healed in the name of Jesus. That's how I begin to know what it is. And usually once I say it, they'll begin to feel a heat, a burning, a shaking. Uh, Something unusual will begin to happen. And normally without me even prompting them, they'll stand up and say, I've just been healed. Well, and, and let me ask you this. When you get a prophetic word and you speak it out, how, assuming it has to do with healing, right. uh, how often does someone get healed when you speak that out? Well, normally when I, in every service that I do, either here or traveling, when I begin to get those prophetic words, what I see is immediate results. It's usually, it's just right on. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that, it's 1,000%, but I'd say, if you know, in a scale of 1 to 100, I'd say that 99.5% of the time, that word of knowledge is so pure, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, that I will, as soon as I hear that word or see that lie, and I begin to search for what God's trying to say, just in a few matter of moments, that person's already begin to be touched by the power of the, the Holy Spirit. Oh, well, you told me that uh, just last night, uh, there was a major miracle in your church. Uh, there were many, but just tell me one. Well, let me just give you this uh, one illustration that happened. Uh, I was walking to the platform, and there were people you know, there. We were getting ready to begin the service, and I looked to my left, and I saw a lady sitting to the left of, of me, and I began to see the light over her. And I, was, I, I went ahead and began the service because I knew there was favor in that corner, but I just didn't know what the Lord was going to do yet. And I was listening to his voice as I was speaking, that inner you know, voice that comes up, that impression. And the Lord said that this lady to your left is in great, great pain. And what's going to happen is uh, she's suffering from a, a disease. And when you turn to her and look at her, I want you just to keep walking. You walk down in front of her. I don't want, you don't have to touch her or anything, but I want you to tell her that you know that she's in great pain. It's in her head area. And uh, I'm going to reveal to you some other things as you begin to speak. And a lot of times I get it like that. As I begin to speak, more comes. And what happened was 
I began to speak, and immediately she started weeping, and she said, I have terrible pain in my head. I've just been diagnosed with MS, and the pain, I went to the doctor for the pain. I've had all this pain for months, and it won't stop. And they say, I have MS, but the moment you spoke that word, the pain is completely gone. The funny feeling in my head is gone. And she jumped up and started crying and said, I believe I'm healed. And she sat through the service, heard the message. At the end, I walked over and said, how are you feeling? She said, absolutely great. I know God has done something mighty in my life. And how did you know? Out of all those people, how did you know me? And I said, I just saw the light. She said, well, when I looked at you, there was fire coming out of your eyes, like just light, the light. It's like white light of fire coming out of your eyes. And she said, because the power of God was so strong. I, that's why I was trembling and crying. And I said, well, that's the love of the Lord. God is love, and he loves you. And go back to your doctor, and let's see what he says. So, You know, Keith, it's my belief that God is about ready to raise up thousands and thousands of Dr. Keith Ellis's that travel in those same anointings. Because what I see going on in this earth, what, what I see going on in the morality of the country, with the terrorism, the beheading of Americans, the, uh, the economy, short of a move of God's spirit, we have no chance. And I believe that God's going to visit America one more time. I said, I believe that God is, is already beginning. I believe I am I am having such powerful dreams at night, such visions during the day. I'm 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 getting so touched by God just talking to you because of the glory that is on you. Just talking. I'm beginning to feel the fire of God on me right now. Just talking to you. I believe it's already begun. It's like a tsunami of blessings are coming and healings and salvations and God's people are going to be raised up. And I believe you're going to see people that have never prayed for the sick. This impartation, this anointing that I got many years ago is going to come on those people. It's even going to come on just by the word. I've seen it all over the country. When I would just say the word that people would get this impartation, this activation, they would begin to see miracles at their own hands. And I believe it started now. Uh, I actually believe that also. Uh, could you tell me one recent dream you had of what's coming? Yeah, I had a dream, uh, one of the most recent dreams that I had that really just uh, was un outstanding was about that uh, I began to see uh, in the dream, I began to see people uh, reaching out for God, just like they were just reaching out for God. And God was showing me that the stadiums, the parks, the places that they were they were assembled could not hold the people. There were so many screaming out for God, wanting the wanting to be healed, wanting to be set free, wanting to be delivered, and wanting to be saved. And they were so excited about the light of God that the darkness was just fleeing and the light was just pouring in, pouring in. And I knew then that, that, that at that point there was going to be a great revival that was coming to America and coming to Israel. I just knew it. I told you, Keith, that uh, last time I was in Israel, uh, we had 250 unsaved Jewish people in attendance, and better than 90% of them stood up to make professions of faith. Now, that, that'd be one thing. No, as a matter of fact, uh, for a couple hundred Jewish people in one meeting to become a believer, believers in Jesus, that is, 
I don't see that anywhere in the world going on, especially in Israel. Uh, but I saw that with my own eyes. And, and guess what? Fifty of them are still involved in intensive discipleship. Uh, I, I tell my friends in Israel about it that are religious, and they say, impossible. Only a couple of Jews come to the Lord a year, <laughs> you know. Uh, but God's up to something new and something dynamic in Israel. Uh, I actually believe God's going to raise up some Paul the Apostles in Israel once again. Uh, but, Keith, uh, I want people to get to understand you a little bit and then find out what you're doing now that'll be a catalyst for them to move in the same gifting that you're moving in. Uh, when you were a baby, a prophet laid hands on you and he prophesied. What were you told that he prophesied over you? Well, as I, as I grew up, my, my mother and my grandfather both uh, told me, said that when you were born, we, uh, we, we took you to a church. It was actually a a church they were going to that believed in the gifts, and it was a prophetic conference going on in that church that just happened to be. I'd just been born, and that night my mother felt led to take me and just lay me on the altar. She was a young mother, just you know, out of, a year out of a year and a half out of high school. She laid me on the altar and said, "Lord, I dedicate this child to you." And uh, the uh, prophets happened to be there, and they came and laid their hands upon me, and I, I was told this all my life that they said that the uh, gifts of God will operate in this young man as he grows older. He is, uh, he'll be uh, a mighty in the Spirit of God. He'll move mightily in the gifts, and that he will be in the end-time revival movement. And it was prophesied like that. And all my life growing up, you know, as you're young, you're growing up, you're like, I, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to do that. I remember when I was five years old, I used to have dreams every night. Same dream. I was in stadiums, and people were reaching towards me, and the light was on, and they were coming to Christ. Every And I would wake up crying. My mom said, calm down. That's for the latter days. The prophet said it was for the latter days. But that dream began at five, and it lasted about a year. And then after that, I began to have dreams as a teenager, the same thing again. I'd, I'd be in places, and people would just be running to God. And then I've been in churches. Now, it just here in, in, in the U.S., I've seen churches when all of a sudden, just like in one minute, I, I don't, it just like, it was like a catalyst happened, either on something I said or the Holy Spirit just decided to move. I've seen people just run by the thousands and give their heart to Christ. So that's why I know we're in revival all over the world. Well, if God has prophesied that you will have this end time last days ministry, then that says to me, we're in the last days. What do you think? I, I know we are. <laughs> okay. I need to be alive in Oh, I can't think of a better generation to be alive in. Uh, but when your son was six years old, he was struck with a fatal disease, spinal meningitis. And I am told that every time you share this testimony, not only did the presence of God overtake your life, and it's been uh, wherever you go, his presence spills out on other people. But when you share this testimony, people always get healed. Uh, tell me, tell me what happened 
uh, when your son was six years of age. Uh, Were you backslidden at the time? Yeah, I was. Uh, Sid, I'm sorry to say that, that I had... I got in church in uh, April the 22nd, 1973, I was saved, and you know, was excited about church and went for a while and got really involved. And then, you know, as a young Christian, not growing very much, just kind of coming along, somebody uh, said something that kind of hurt my feelings, and I just told my wife, I said, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to stay out for a while, and I'm just going to, you know, just work day and night, and get involved in what I'm doing on my job, and I worked another job. I'm just not going back to church. And she was really disheartened about that, but I decided that I made a decision I was going to do that, and I did. And I stayed out about a year, and the Lord was dealing with me, and he did deal with me, Sid, and I, I'm so thankful he did. And But I just was stubborn, and I, I'm sorry to say that sometimes we are stubborn like that. I was. And uh, then one night, it was Halloween Day. I'll never forget as long as I live because— it was a Halloween day, and my wife called me at my job, and she said, uh, our son is running a temperature, and it's getting pretty high. I'm going to take him to the pediatrician. And I said, okay. And I said, I'll see you when I get home. And, well, I came in that afternoon. He was there walking around. I said, well, what'd they say? And she said, well, they'd seen many kids this this particular day, and they had some kind of bug. They just considered it some kind of bug and said he'd be fine maybe in a you know 24 hours or whatever and said, uh, you know, it's it's Halloween night, and uh, we're just, the kids were, you know, in the neighborhood were having little uh, festivals and things like that, little uh, harvest festivals and parties and things. But we, we kind of made him stay in that night because of that, you know, that we didn't let him go to anything at the school or anything because his fever started coming back up. We put him to bed kind of early, and we went back to our bedroom. And then sometime before midnight on Halloween night, I heard a loud noise. It went kaboom. And I jumped up and turned on the light, ran in there, and he was on the floor. And I picked him up out of his little twin bed, put him back in the bed. But as I did, I noticed he was stiff, that he was not flexible. And I flipped the light on where I could see the right by his bedside, the little lamp. And I noticed that he, his neck was drawn down to his chest. And I looked at his eyes and started calling his name, and they were up in his head. The whites were showing. And I said, oh, Lord. And he was turning blue around the face. So I just ran to the front door, jumped in the car with my wife screaming behind me, and I said, I'm going to the nearest hospital. It's just around the corner. I can get there quicker than anybody. So I just got in the car, went about, you know, just right around the corner, and there was a little hospital there, and I pulled up in it, went right up into the emergency and got him in my arms, ran in the door and said, we need help quick, quick. He just rolled out of the bed and he's, in, he's not responding. And, and immediately they begin to you know, put, you know, do what they do. And they came to me after about uh, 30 minutes and said, this is too big for us. We're called, we've called an ambulance. We're, we've, got, we've got him on some oxygen, different things. We're running some IVs, but we're going to ship him to another hospital where they've got some machinery to, to make some tests. We're, we hope this is not what we think it is. So anyways, long story short, I crawled in the back of an ambulance, and that night we would be in three different hospitals. The last hospital, as the sun was coming up, we were pulling back to the dock there to unload him. They took him in, called me and my wife in, and told us that he had bacterial spinal meningitis. What's the prognosis on that? Uh, they, They said, here's what they said to us. We've had several cases. They're dead. That's what they said. They're dead. They're gone. That's awful, and you're in a backslidden state yourself. I'll tell you what, we'll pick up right here at the other side of the break, Uh, but I want to make available something that God spoke to you, 
and you've been teaching this to anyone and everyone that would listen. And as they hear your teaching, this actually happens. Uh, It's called One Minute with God Challenge. Uh, You actually had a vision in which Jesus said, what did he say about this? He said to me, said I was uh, laying in my recliner and I'd fallen asleep and I woke up and the Lord said to me, do you uh, look, look into the spirit? And I just, I looked and there was a watch there and it was a, it was a, uh, it was a, like a, had 60 seconds going around on it. And he said, do you remember the one minute you had with me? The one minute with God, the supernatural 60 seconds you had? And I said, yes, Lord, you, uh, you appeared to me that night with my son. And, you know, I had that one minute and you told me, you gave me an instruction. I followed the instruction and he was, you know, raised from the dead. And I said, you know, I remember that. He said, well, that's what I want you to teach my people. I want you to carry this message across the country. I want you to tell everybody that they can have one minute with me, 60 supernatural seconds that will change their life forever. Tell them to reach for that goal. It can happen to them, Sid. They can have that encounter. I saw the Lord, and I don't know if everybody will see him, but they can feel him. They can touch him. They will hear a word from him. Something good God wants to do for his people, I believe, off of this series, and I'm seeing it happen everywhere I go. Well, the most amazing thing is that when you listen to the two CDs or or perhaps the uh, devotional prayer journal that goes along with it and the uh, uh, devotional booklet that goes along with it, somewhere along the line, you will wander into the presence of God, and one minute in God's presence— All things are possible. We're making it available for a gift of $40. And I have to tell you, God is doing so many amazing things in Israel right now. We're on 28 times a week. Christian as well as secular television in the land of Israel. Unbelievable. And we just had a campaign uh, in, in which we've printed up flyers for people. If you need miracles, watch. It's supernatural. And we're putting it in multiple languages because the show itself is in multiple languages throughout the entire Middle East. So, again, I want you to get the One Minute with God challenge for a gift of $40. Call our order only line 1 800 447 2697 1-800-447-2697. This is Sid Roth with Dr. Keith Ellison. We just found out about a tragedy that occurred in his life. His son, out of nowhere, got sick. He rushed him to, went, uh, to a hospital. They then went to three different hospitals. And then what was the diagnosis, Keith? It was uh, bacterial spinal meningitis. And I had never even heard of it at that point in my life at all. I'd never heard of that. And I said, what is it? And they said, it is very deadly, a very deadly disease. Several people have already passed away from this. We're going to have to isolate him. His brain is swollen. His spinal fluid is full of the bacteria. Everybody that has came in contact with this child, that's you, your family, the school, everybody has got to be uh, medicated immediately. It to, we said, well, we want to go in and see him. They said, well, right now, you've got to let us work with him. You uh, cannot even go back there. And when you, once you're medicated for so many days, and we're sure you've got the medication in you, we'll cover you with a gown, cap, gloves, 
mask and you can go in, but this is so deadly and so dangerous for you to even be in there. And so we began to call all the family schools. Everybody came in, was medicated. A few days went by, we went in. There was absolutely no change. The thing that hurt me the most, Sid, is to see a six-year-old boy in a fetal position that has not moved, that's got a ventilator breathing for him. All the the uh, vital signs are going haywire, and there is absolutely no change after all that had could uh, you know been done had been done. And they, a great team of doctors. They kept bringing more doctors and more doctors and more doctors, and just teams just working day and night to try to save his life. And they would take me and my wife back in there, and they would do brain waves and brain scans and MRIs, and they would just shake their head and say, no, there's no brain waves. When, when you heard, as a father of a six-year-old, when you heard that, I imagine you felt as helpless as could be. I felt like my world had ended. I mean, I fell apart. I literally fell apart. And, I mean, I just, my faith was at the lowest level of my life. And, you know, I just, I just, I didn't know what, I prayed, but I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. And then, you know, we, you know, we didn't know what to do. We, I even called the meeting of all the physicians and I said, look, can we do this? And we've been up here all these days and nights. Can we do this? Can we put him on a plane and carry him to a bigger hospital? I know this is a big one. I know there's big ones in the U.S. I said, I've got some family that's willing to back this. Can we do that? And they said, sir, he, would, he wouldn't even make it to the plane. If we, he, we, he can't not be moved under any circumstances. When, when you looked at the hospital staff, could, could you see that they felt he was going to die? I mean, what, what, was, their impre- what was your impression of them? Uh, they were brokenhearted. They were cr- the doctors were crying. The nurses were crying. Every person that was able to work around, because he was such a cute little, you know, sweet little boy, six years old, and he was in such a, you know, fetal position. And then all the other things started, like the, the heart started, you know, going, you know, fluttering all the time. And instead of, you know, the, they, were, they were like, his heart's going into some kind of convulsions, and his body began to have convulsions and tremors and things, and, but there were still no brainwaves. And so they said, that, you know, it's just getting worse by the minute, so we're just going to put him in a room over here. We're, we've done everything humanly possible to do, and we'll keep on doing it. But here was the prognosis that, you know, his brain has been swollen so long, and he is in such critical, critical condition. I mean, we've done all we can do. And I said, well, let me ask you one question. I, and I thank you. Oh, I thank you so much. I believe in doctors and hospitals. And I thank you. I thank God that you told me what it was and everything. But I said, if you've done all you can do now, and I, this just came out of my belly. I, I was so shy in those days and so worn out and so tired I said, but now God is going to do the greatest miracle you've ever saw. But what, 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 Keith, you're in a backslidden condition. How, how could you say that even? I just, it was the faith that said that was put in me as a child on that altar in that church when those prophets said he's an end time prophet. Yeah, you know what I'm reminded of? Uh, the scripture says, raise up a child in the ways of the Lord. And when they're old, they'll not depart. You had that foundation put in you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then you got a vision. Yeah, I I told my wife. I said when they put him in the little room and said we could sit beside him and hold his hand. Uh, you know, he was in a fetal position. He's having convul. I couldn't stand to look at him like that when he started having all those convulsions and stuff. I was so scared. Any because the monitors were just going crazy. Nurses were in there crying and doctors. And I said 
I've been up here so long, I can't think. I pr- I've cried till I cannot cry anymore all these days. I said to my wife, i got to go to the house for just a little while, take a shower, and I'll come back. i just got to get out of here. She said, honey, go ahead. I'm not leaving my baby because they're, they're just not giving us no hope. I mean, it's just so horrible. I'm not leaving this. I'm not, I can't be away from him with him not even, you know, just barely breathing. His heart's barely beating. And so I got in the car, and I went home. I cried you know, all the way there. I went into the cold house. It was wintertime. I went back to our back bedroom, turned on the light, looked at the room where he slept, turned on that light, and I, I, I had the light, just it was a little low-light lamp, and I was sitting there on the bed, and I said, Lord, I know I'm not right with you, but I repent of everything I've ever done. I'm sorry. And, Lord, I, you know, I, I thought, you know, you know I, in my heart, said, I, I thought maybe, Lord, you're, you know, did you do this? And I began to ask God that. Lord, are you allowed, you're, you know, you're, you're the God of creation, is this because of what I've done, Lord? Are you doing this to us? And all of a sudden, in my heart, in my spirit, I, all of a sudden something rose up, and I knew that God was not doing that. It was the enemy, that I had broke a hedge and a serpent had bit me. I mean, it literally had come against me, and I knew it wasn't God. That was not God's will for my life. So I began to cry to God, and I said, Lord, just help me. Help me, Lord, I know I'm not where I need to be, but I'm repenting right now of everything I've ever done. And when I said that, the room lit up like the stadium at a ball field. It lit up that bright. It was blinding bright. And there before me was Jesus. And Jesus looked into my eyes. And I'll tell you, Sid, I honestly, when I saw his eyes, when I saw his hair, it, 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 I knew that he knew everything I was going through. He knew everything that had happened. And in my worst, darkest hour, he cared enough to come where I was, simply by praying and repenting and asking for help and believing what I had been taught as a child. So immediately what happens is he gives me three words. Now, this is where I got the one minute with God, 60 supernatural seconds. I saw him for exactly one minute. I was there one minute before. He told me that just recently in a dream. said, I gave you one minute. See, that's all we need with God is one minute. It, you know, if we can just get in that presence one minute, things change in our life. That's all we got to do. So I had, I had actually got into that presence. He appears to me, this blinding light. He's looking right at me, that fire in his eyes, but it's overwhelming love. And for the first time since this thing had happened, I knew that I was going to be all right, that God was, was fighting the battle. It wasn't him. It was the enemy. So he said three words in that one minute. He said, go to church. The place that I had left him, he's sending me back now. So now, so what church did you go to, the place you were originally going to? No. What I did, said was the church that I went to was about an hour away. And it was, and see, I didn't know what night it was. I didn't, I'd been up so many nights at the hospital. I didn't know, you know, where there was a church in the air, but I jumped in my car, shaking like, like my hands were shaking, my body was shaking, jumped in the car, went out of the driveway, turned left, went down to the main highway, and as I turned, there was a little church sitting on the corner. And what caught my eye was there was a man and a, 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 a two, there was a man and a young man standing on the porch of the church under one little tiny light on the side of the church. And they were, he had on an overcoat. I'll never forget it. It was blowing in the wind. And I just, I heard the Lord speak, said, go in there. And I just turned the car around. I got out, walked to the door. The man was standing there. And he, I, as I walked up, he said, who are you? And what do you want? And I said, who are, I, I, I just need to get inside a church. And he said, well, why? And I said, the Lord Jesus appeared to me. 
my son is in a coma, and he, they're not giving him any hope. And the Lord appeared to me and said, go to church. I, I go to another church. It's a long way away, but I just want to get in this church. And he said to me, well, I don't know you, but I'll let you go in and use the altar. I would done be gone. I live in another city. I would have done been gone. This is Wednesday night. We have a prayer meeting here. I would have done been gone, but the doors of this, this big, massive doors would not lock. And I cannot leave this building unlocked because I live in another city. He said, this has never happened before. So I ran in. He told me to use the altar, got on my knees. Jesus didn't appear to me then, but he did give me another one minute with him. He spoke to me. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to see him to get your miracle. You, you, he can speak. He can, he can give you an impression. He can give you, he's touched me many times and given me a miracle. And what happened was he spoke to me in my spirit, and then he spoke to me audibly in that one minute. He said, get up, go back to the hospital, and tell the, everybody that you see. Proclaim that your son is healed. He has got a miracle. He will be called the miracle boy from this point on, and I will use you in these last days. Now, if I'm understanding you right, God told you to go to a church— you just, the pastor had been fiddling with the lock because he couldn't lock the lock the door. How long had he been out there trying to lock the door? Well, see, it was wintertime, and the wind was blowing. He was frozen, him and his his son. They were froze. They were, they were shaking so bad. When I got there, they said, we've been messing with this lock. I mean, it, somewhere between uh, a half hour and an hour. They, so if they hadn't been messing with that lock— you couldn't have gotten into the church, and the miracle wouldn't have unfolded. Sid, from that, my house to that church was exactly, probably not over a minute. How did God time that like that, that that man would be there? Because he's a God of time. Just out of curiosity, when you left, do you think he was able to lock the door? Well, yes. What happened was I went in, I prayed, I got my one minute with God again. This time I got the, the word I was looking for. The Lord said, get up, go proclaim that he's healed. Say it with your mouth. That's a big key. Say it with your mouth. I know. I had a knowing in my heart. I'd heard the voice. Of God. I got up. I'm jumping up and down. I run down the aisle. I told the, the pastor and his son, I said, he's healed. He's healed. I got my miracle. He, they said, how do you know? I said, the Lord. He spoke. I got, in the, I got this, this minute with God. He spoke. And he, he said, he's healed. Go proclaim it. I got to go tell it. He said, tell it now. Tell it now. So I, you know, I'm all excited. And I ran down the step. And he, he turned around and looked at me. And he said, son, you're so upset. I would just take you or go with you. I'd love to go see your son. And this, I'm a pastor. I have a heart for the tears that you're crying. But he said, I can't get this door locked. I said, it's okay. I, I'm going. I got to go tell my wife. I got to go call the doctors. And I got to call the nurses. And as I'm saying all that, he screams. My back is to him. I'm getting in the car, and he says, the door just locked. <laughs> what timing. Okay, you get to the hospital, uh, and do you actually say this? Who do you say it to, that your son is healed? In the halls, in the middle of the night. I'm right. I, I, now, you do know that most people, even Christians, would call you a little mishuga. That's a Hebrew word for crazy. You do know that. Well... One thing that did happen that was really wild, as I was running down the halls praising God, crying, I didn't realize it was late that late. I was so excited. And I was running down the halls, and I was just so excited, jumping up and down. And as I was running down the halls, the nurses were saying, calm down, calm down. This is the middle of the night. You can't be doing this. And I said, my son, he just got a miracle. God's going to heal him. My little boy. They said, what boy? And I told them his name. And they said, and they said we feel it on us. It's, 
there's something running all over us. And then one nurse came and said, you're so excited. You need to calm down. You've been up here so many days. Do you need a sedative? (laughs) I don't need a sedative. I just got the word of the Lord. And I ran in the room and they said, well, just be quieter. Now, Now, did they actually say, I feel something? Be, uh, when you were saying that? Many of them said it. And as, at, at, during the healing the next few hours, many of them would come in and, and really begin to shake and, get, and actually get right with God. The power was so strong in the room. Uh, okay. So you, you run into the room. What do you do? I, I, run, I run there, and my wife's sitting by the bed holding his hand. He hasn't, hasn't changed one bit. In other words, what he had done has gotten worse, actually. She was sitting, holding his hand, pray, and I walked in. I said, I said to her, I, she knew how shy and quiet I was in those days because, I, you know, as soon as this miracle happened, I became radical for Christ. You know, I mean, wide, wide open. So I ran in there, and I said to her, I said, Jesus appeared to me. I went to church. I got right with God. We got our miracle. It just took one minute. <laughs> and she goes, well, you know what? She said, I was sitting here, and the Lord spoke to me. And she was a dedicated, sold-out Christian from the time she was born on the pew almost of her church before I married her. She said, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to get a miracle. And she said, at the same time, you were over there getting the word from the Lord, getting the visitation. He spoke to my heart. So now we're agreeing. We're sitting there agreeing. So the, the nurses are coming in. So they call the doctors and say, you know, uh, you know that uh, Mr. Ellis is up here, and he's just fanatical. He says the Lord appeared to him, and they're, they're telling him. <laughs> sure enough, the next morning, here all of them come in, and they check him. They go over him with a fine-tooth comb, and they said, tell us again what happened. And I told them the story. And they said, well, you know, it, you know, anything's possible, but according to medicine, you know, we just want to prepare you for the worst. It's gotten worse during the night. And I said, well, I'm supposed to tell you all that the Lord told me to tell you, you will see the greatest miracle here that you probably ever saw. And they said to me, one of them said to me with tears rolling out, he said, I hope so. He said, you know what? I saw a miracle one time. It was in a movie. It was with Jimmy Stewart. It was a, it, it was a story called "It's a Wonderful Life," and I, I, you know, an angel came and helped him. And he said, "I believe, I believe what you're saying." He said, "Because you're so excited about it, and I can feel it coming off of you." And so the rest of them said, "Well, we hope so. That'd it'd be wonderful." Well, you know what happened that night? We were in that room. The glory came, and you feel the room, the presence of God. And as people would come in that room, they'd say, what is in this room? It's tangible. You can feel it in this room. You can feel what's going on in this room. I said, Justin is being healed. My son is being healed. He's being raised up. He's going to live. He's going to not die. He's going to be. And they, like I said, people were getting right with God. They were saying they'd never felt anything like that. And I, the next morning was the rounds of the doctor. We were sitting there. They came in and checked him. Nothing. We, they, they were looking at him. Nothing. Nothing was. In fact, it was worse again. And while one of them was checking him, he sat up in the bed for the first time since the whole thing. had. While he, was, he said, I was just, he dropped his clipboard. He said, I was checking him. I reached down to touch him. And when I did, he sat up and looked at me. <laughs> and from that point on, within a few hours, as hours went by, he began to see again. He began to hear. He began to talk. He wanted to get dressed. He wanted to go home and play. He was totally healed. What, what, what did the doctor say about this? They were crying, just like we were. They said, this is the greatest thing we have ever saw. And, you know, they said, seeing is believing. This is a bona fide miracle. But one thing will tell us the truth. I said, what is that? 
They said it'll be very painful, but we want to go back in his spine. When he came in here, he had hundreds of deadly bacterial germs in his spine. I said, I understand that. They told me that. And that's why y'all had to take them as this is a deadly disease. They said they were all in his spinal fluid. We're going to have to go do a spinal tap, go back in. But they said uh, that we're expecting, you know, still there to be, you know, uh, it, because he's set up and he's, you know, beginning to get better, doesn't mean he's completely healed. But I said, the Lord said he had a miracle. And I'm believing what the Lord said. And they said, we're going to see if you'll sign the paperwork. We're going to take him back to the operating room. We're going to go in. We're going to do some more tests. We're going to pull the fluid. I said, well, hey, I, I believe in doctors and medicine, and I thank God for y'all. And I want you to do everything possible that's needed to be done. But you're going to see there's not going to be one. Here I am prophesying again. There's not going to be one germ in his spine. Because I know what Jesus said to me in that one minute with God, that 60 supernatural seconds. And this, this has been going on, you know, it's been happening every few minutes. I've been knowing that he was doing it. They took him back, Sid. They came out. They were crying. They said, there's not one, one not even one. We don't understand it. There's not one germ in his spine. He is completely normal. We checked his brain while we're back. He's got the brain. His brain is at a genius level of an adult. Did, did they actually use the word miracle? Yes, they did. They did. They, and let me tell you what they did. All these doctors said, can we hug him? Can we? They said, can we kiss him? We never want to forget this. This is beyond anything we have ever saw in our life, beyond any, anything imaginable, to him to be that low. Even, they said, even if the germs would have been pulled down some in his spine, that if just to come down some would have been a miracle, but they're completely gone. He, Keith, when we come back, I want you to tell me what is going on physically and mentally with Justin today. That's even, that's such a miracle. But I've, I want to get into your hands. This is an... Uh, a, a tool that God himself wants in your hands. It's called One Minute with God Challenge. And Keith will teach you step by step how you can get into the presence of God. And one minute with God, I'm quoting you right now, Keith, is worth a lifetime of favor. One minute with God will solve the marital problem, the physical problem, the financial problem, the spiritual problem, the emotional problem. That's all you need. And I'm telling you, as people listen to him speak, their faith jumps and they get that one minute with God for a gift of $40 and anything above the 40 will be poured into Jewish ministry. I told you what's happening in Israel right now. They are having a revival and our show being on 28 times a week, our television show, it's supernatural in multiple language, secular and Christian TV alike. Anything beyond that 40 will be poured into Jewish evangelism. Call our order only line. 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Sid Roth here with Dr. Keith Ellison. Keith, this miracle that happened, it was even more than a miracle. I mean, his six-year-old son, out of the blue, gets spinal meningitis. Uh, it's fatal. There's no hope. 
There's no brain activity. He's in a fetal position. Uh, he's in a coma. Uh, he can't even breathe properly. He has a ventilator on. The whole hospital staff is crying. Uh, and Keith gets a vision. And God says to Keith that it proclaim your son's healed. He went back. He proclaimed. And his son got worse. Well, a great miracle occurred. His son was healed. They did some exploratory surgery. They found nothing was wrong. Uh, tell me what's going on in your son's life. Did he have any brain damage from this since he had no brain activity at one point? Uh, no, Sid, he had no, no damage whatsoever. Uh, everything changed with that, you know, that one minute with God, 60 supernaturals. When the Lord gave that word, that rhema, that live word, and I told me to proclaim it, and I went back, and I stood on that word even when things didn't get better. I stood on what God had said. And after, after I began to stand on it, stand on, you know, all of a sudden God came into that room in his great glory. Everybody could feel it. It was tangible. That's how you know. I mean, it's tangible. You can feel God. He's a, he's a God that'll touch you. He's a God that'll love on you. And he did. He came in and loved on Justin. And he touched him and raised him up. And Justin, with just in a few, as the hours were clicking by, he began to get better and better and better until he was wanting to, at six years old, we had to let him get up out of the bed and he started playing on the floor and having a big time with his, uh, you know, his little characters that he plays with his, uh, you know, like uh, he had these little army things. I understand today he has two college degrees uh, and his IQ is in the genius level. Yeah, he works for a major university. He uh, he also has, uh, like I said, he's had several college degrees. He's got two. He, he's working on a, another one right now. He said he was going to go all the way to the top. Uh, he's got a genius IQ. He just went to the doctor. He went to a major hospital to get a complete physical. He just he does that every year because I teach people to do that. And he went to have a major physical done. They checked him from top to bottom. He told them the story, just like I told you. And he told him, said, I want, I want a physical this year. And uh, so he got his physical done. The report came back. He doesn't even have high cholesterol. He is 40 years old, be 41 in January. He doesn't have any, his blood pressure's perfect. They even, he even went across the street to the dental uh, office and had his dentistry work checked. And they said, you don't even have a cavity in your head. So when God does a miracle, he does a good one. So that glory came on you then came on the, on the staff of the hospital, then came on your son, healed your son for life. Uh, from uh, Literally, he should have died or been a vegetable his whole life. And then that same glory, the residue of it, wherever you go, it falls on people, I understand, and launched you into ministry. Yeah, it, it, it works wherever I go. The Lord's power comes into that room, wherever I'm at. It, it just it begins to move. People begin to feel it tangibly. They feel that anointing, that power. They say, I feel it. I feel the presence of God. They begin to get healed. A lot of people get healed. I have nothing to do with it. It's, I, it's not me. It's Him. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that lives within me. He gets excited. I get excited. <laughs> now, you, you are consumed by God. You went from a backslidden state, one minute with God, and you are consumed with God. What tips can you give a John Q. Christian who's listening here who barely has time to read the Bible for five minutes every day? 
Well, Sid, what I think is, is happening now, from what I'm seeing wherever I'm going, I'm seeing there's a move of God, and this tangible presence that got me so excited is beginning to move, the presence of the Lord across this earth. And I believe as, as, uh, as people that are backslidden, people that, are, that don't have, you know, like you said, even time to read the Bible, they're going to begin to experience God as they begin to say, hey, look, you know, I need some help. I need, I, I need this world and I live in, it, all the things that are going on, they're going to begin to turn their eyes towards the Lord. There's going to be a major move of God across this earth like the world has, ne- I mean, like it's never seen. I, I, I looked the other night and I thought, you know, in the book of Acts, every miracle that's happened in the book of Acts, I have seen in these meetings that I've been in. I've seen, you know, the blind, the deaf, the lame, the cripple. I've seen the, the skin diseases. I've seen every single miracle. And many times I did nothing but just be in the building and thought, say, Lord, would you give your people one minute, 60 seconds. They've made an effort, Lord, to get here. Some of them have drove for hours. Some of them have drove for days. Let them flown from airplanes from different countries. Let them have that one minute with God. And it just seems like they just... One minute they're they're not there, the next minute they're in the presence, and things begin to happen. Well, you know, when people get into the presence of God, the way you teach, all you need is one minute in God's presence, and it's worth a lifetime of favor. That one minute, and it's not just physical healing. Uh, it's got to do with every area. Uh, give me a quick, very quick testimony of finances. Oh yeah, I just uh, I was in a in a meeting in a in a town and I was calling out finances. I saw as I walked out, I remembered the the number thousand stands for the glory of God, and I remember as I was walking out, I said I said that the the thousand uh, stands for the glory of God. I said I I just uh, see tonight that people are going to be blessed. You got bills, you you need help, and God give, has the power to give wealth. And I just want to say that I believe people in here, you're going to receive that. That word, that thousand, you know, is coming to you. Because, you know, the Bible talks about that. And I said, he's going to make you a thousand times more than you are. If you've got a dollar in your pocket, he's going to give you you'll have a thousand to go with it. And people begin to let us know in that meeting that they had gotten, you know, unexpected checks. They had gotten raises that they had gotten, you know, breakthroughs after breakthrough after breakthrough. And uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was amazing on that one word how many people's finances were turned around. Well, you, uh, I just recently interviewed a friend of yours. Uh, in fact, she told me about you, a prophetess by the name of Glenda Jackson. What word did you have for her and what happened to her financially? Well, I saw in, in the spirit, uh, when I, and I called her on the phone. She was catching an airplane, and I told her, I said, I saw in the spirit. In fact, I saw it again last night. For so, Whoever's listening right now needs to receive this, because I saw it last night. I, I, I was in a dream last night, and I saw it. In this dream, I saw a red-headed man coming, and I, he had bright, red, beautiful hair. And I said, Lord, what is this? And I, the Lord said that. People that are in areas, they're in the red. He said this is symbolic that on this word as you give it to people and as you give it to Miss Glenda uh, Jackson as she goes across to, uh, I think she was going to England at that point. He said as you give that word, uh, things, areas in her life where she's in the red, it's going to be changed. And on that trip, there was about, uh, you know, several different miracles and finances was one of them that literally turned around and she called me back and thanked me for it. And I believe right now. 
But even right now, people that are in the red, if they'll believe this word and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll seek God, get that one minute with God, I believe there's supernatural help financially coming for them. Keith, there's such a strong presence of God in this studio, but I need you to tell me about the vision that you had of one minute with God. Yeah, I, I had came in from a meeting. I was really tired, and I had laid down in my uh, lazy boy, and I had laid the chair back, and I had fallen asleep. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, Son. And when he said that, I sat straight up in the chair. He said, Son. He said, Look. And I looked, and I saw a, a, a watch in front of my face, and it was ticking. And it was 60 seconds, just like when I was in school, when I ran on the track field, and they had a little stopwatch. It was like a stopwatch. And it went around to the 60 seconds. And as soon as it hit that, God spoke to me. And he said, when you'll teach people, if you'll teach people how to enter my presence, and many will say to you when you're teaching them that they're, they're nowhere near where you were. You, they're not there yet. But you'll remind them that that night that you got the one minute with me, you weren't there yet, that you were in a backslidden condition. You hadn't been in church in over a year. You hadn't done anything for me, but you got the one minute because you pressed into me. And this 60 seconds, and he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin to open a book up to you, and you'll write it. You'll have tape series and things. They'll help help my people. And as they press in and follow these instructions, they, they can get that same minute with me, that 60 supernatural seconds that can change their life forever. Favor from the Father. Keith. I want you to pray because there's such a presence of God in this studio right now. I believe that as you pray for an impartation, that literally that residue of God's glory that came on your life when your son had a miracle that has stayed on your life, that people feel wherever you go, it's going on people right now. And I believe as you pray, this is going to happen. Father, I thank you today for this privilege to get to impart and to activate this anointing that came on me so many years ago. Father, I release the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you right now for what you're doing for your people. And Father, I thank you right now that eyes are being opened and ears and feet and legs are being healed. I thank you that finances are being restored and people are getting, Lord, even this minute, they're getting hope. The Bible says hope deferred makes one second. Lord, they're getting hope. The word is hope that's coming today to your people across this world. Lord, right now, I'll impart the anointing of the one minute with God, 60 supernatural seconds, that if they'll press in, that they would receive this fire in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm uh, hearing all sorts of miracles are going on right now. I'm hearing people with backs and neck problems are being healed, hip problems, arthritis in the fingers, carpal tunnel. Uh, Keith, are you hearing anything sp uh, specific in the spirit? Yeah, it's amazing you said that because I, I, I saw that same thing, the carpal tunnel opening up. I saw it just as you, before you said it, right in that time when we were, you were talking, I saw them opening up. I also saw somebody with, a, with an eye condition. I've been seeing a lot of floaters come out of people's eyes when we would walk out and give that word. Floaters are coming out of people's eyes right now. And somebody with a, it's a skin rash that's all over their body. It's going to begin to dry up in the name of Yeshua. Now, Keith, 
I, I want to drive home how important this one minute with God challenge is. With the two CDs, the devotional and the prayer journal, uh, when people hear your teaching, that same residue of glory on your life just jumps on them. Uh, and uh, tell me a couple of people that have sat under your teaching and what has happened in their lives. Well, I, I, yeah, I'll say right quickly, I have a medical doctor in my church. He's an internal medicine doctor. And a few days ago, he got this teaching, and he was having a really busy day, busy week. Some things were not going right, and he said he was going down the road, and he thought, I've got Dr. Ellis's teaching right here in my car. And he reached down and put it in his CD player in the car. He said immediately the presence of God came in the car. He said the spirit of heaviness lifted off of him, and the spirit of joy came on his life. He began to laugh. That afternoon, things began to to open up for him in, in, in his practice. He said that after that, there was all kinds of supernatural financial things that began to happen. Things began to turn around. He's even got even got a promotion in, in the medical field. He said it was amazing what the Lord had done. Another lady said she took the CD home, and she was playing one of them, and she said, I got every time I'd play it, God would come into the room. I'd feel his tangible presence. I said, how many times did you play it? She said, I'm not kidding you. I played it over 50 times, and my life has begun to turn around financially, spiritually, physically, just by playing that one minute with God, uh, God's 60 supernatural seconds. That can change your life forever. Well, Keith, I've got to get this tool in their hands. There is such a residue of glory on what Keith shares that it will jumpstart you into that one minute with God. You don't know when it'll happen. It could happen while we were talking to you right now, and it could happen when you get the One Minute with God challenge, the two CDs, and then the One Minute with God devotional and the One Minute with God journal. We're making it available for a gift of $40 and recognize that if you can put anything in addition to the 40 in, and you can, I, I mean, where else would you like to put money at this moment in history? As I mean, Jews and Arabs are watching our television show. We're on 28 times a week in Israel. Every penny that you put in above $40 will be poured into Jewish ministry. We're debt-free as a ministry. Therefore, your money is going into souls, and you're going to partner with us. And I, I don't quite understand this, Keith, but I believe when the Jewish people come to know Jesus in droves, it'll be a catalyst just at the first coming of Jesus. There was a catalyst of Jewish people coming to the Lord that reached millions of Gentiles. The same thing is ready to happen right now. Uh, and and, and Keith, I want you to t you use the term you press in. What does that mean to you? Well, you know, Sid, that that night I had to really press in. I was very tired when I came from that hospital. I went in that room. I prayed. I repented. I got on my knees. I I didn't have a I didn't have a CD. One minute with God. I didn't have a book. But I was just doing everything that I could do. You could, there's you 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 have to do something. I was saying everything that I could say. I was like the prodigal that was in the pig pen in the Bible who got up and, and came to himself and said, what am I doing in this situation? There is help in the Father's house. And I turned my eyes. When, I, when it, the prodigal got back, the Father ran to him, you know, hugged him, kissed him, didn't even want to hear anything. I just wanted to bless him. 
And the, it, the party that the father threw, it was his idea. He wanted to make Mary. He was so excited that he had pressed back into him, and he loved him. And, you know, I want to say, even before we go off the air, I want to say that no matter where you're at today, it don't matter if you're, where, where you're at with God, if you're even in a relationship with God, he's reaching out for you today. And I want you to have that one minute with God, those 60 supernatural seconds that will change your life forever. And I know you'll feel the power on these CDs as they go out in this book. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at one eight hundred four four seven. Two six nine seven. That's one eight hundred four four seven twenty six ninety seven. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org to hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show. It's supernatural. Visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth. Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.